0: Welcome to New Type Flash, this is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with Gundam Zeta, episode 37, The Day of Dakar,
1: and just that. Uh, we have with us Scotty P. After that speech, Char decides to no longer be Quattro but Ligma. And Luke.
2: Uh,
0: I don't have anything as, as, as
2: good as that, Scotty.
0: I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm, I'm here too. So, so, um, you know, this is after Kilimanjaro. Jared has been thrown down a mountain, uh, on his crutch and he is absolutely fine to hop up the mountain and do what, do whatever he does.
2: I like how he got injured like 26 episodes ago and he's still on a crutch and yet getting face kicked down the, like Kilimanjaro. He's fine. He's fine. What happened to his leg that he's that injured and yet he can take a full I don't know.
1: And he can fucking run up the mountain. It popped it back into place. <laughs> like it was the intense rehab from running up the side of a mountain.
2: What's that, man?
1: And then Jeez. the last thing that needed to pop into place. That Jared's one's complex and done. Jared's rage to kill like
0: anybody Camille loves just fuels him just enough that he can function uh, to fight against Ayuk. So, um, Jared is looking for the inima, enemy Garuda, and he is going to pursue them uh, to Dakar, even though it's supposed to be protected by Federation. So, Dakar, I think. Is uh, we talked about this several episodes ago. Um, when we talked about like the, the politics of, of Zeta, um, well, Gundam in general, but Dakar is basically where uh, like the equivalent of like the UN headquarters in New York is, right? So, this is where like they mm-hmm. have their big, um, I don't know what you want to call it, parliament,
1: right? It's a, a parliamentary building essentially. Uh, now Dakar is a real place, which. I know we all know that, but look, it hasn't been famous for a while. Um, it's the basically the westernmost point of like in West Africa. It's the capital of Senegal, and it's the Cape Verde Islands to the west, or Cape Verde. Um, I'm not sure the per- correct pronunciation there, uh, but it, the reason I said that maybe some people don't know it's a real place is it used to be famous for the Paris Dakar Rally, but that has been moved since 2007. I didn't write down where to, but it ain't there anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like generally like anywhere other, well, I mean, any place in Africa in general uh, over the past like 20, 30, 40, 100 years is just not been the most stable in the world.
2: Well, this is important for Gundam. I'm still going to say it. It's in Saudi Arabia as of 2020.
0: Okay, there you go. It's moving so we'll due
2: to security concerns since Saudi Arabia. Though.
0: Yeah, because like if you go like on the beach and make out with somebody that you're not married to,
1: you might get beheaded. Um. <laughs> you go to yeah if you go to write news about the race.
2: Anyway, uh, what I find interesting
1: here is that Jared is in a ship that is uh, it is spelled like Me Lord, but they pronounce it in the dub Melad like it's French or something, but I don't know. It's a dumb name for a ship. I'll tell you what I tried, Scotty. Um,
0: I tried doing like you, taking notes while listening to the dub and having the sub on at the same time. It was the most distracting thing I've ever done in my life.
2: (laughs) Scotty actually does it even harder. He has two TVs side by side. (laughs) (laughs) One in Japanese with subs and one in... in (laughs)
1: <laughs> and you know, they're both in surround sound. You know the sad part? I could hook that up. I don't do that, <laughs> but like there is just in the in the same room and I'm watching TV, like there is a second TV in there that isn't hooked up. And I could just Yeah, I could run like the, the DVDs through something else. And then if I had like a splitter for my fiber optic to run them both to the same surround input, it, it would be an awful Ooh. idea. It's a terrible I mean, idea. I'm yeah, not going to best do that. Would, but my best would be like playing it
0: on my my like Xbox or PlayStation on on Blu-ray and then like playing it on my uh like iPad through my Plex server. <laughs>
1: yeah. Look, look, my surround sound is nothing to it, it it's 15 years old. It used to have a DVD changer and it broke. I remember that. Right. So the DVD changer is the only thing that broke on it. It's the only <laughs> thing that stopped working. But it, because it was, like, catching or something, it wouldn't, like, let you use the remote to just switch it to normal input. So I one day, like, ripped the thing open. I don't know what I did, but I got it to go to just input, and I was like, this is fine. But now, if one day I touch the wrong button on that remote, that thing will never work again.
0: You remember when cars used to have CD changers? Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. weird. I, like I the, skipped that generation truck. of car. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I remember one of my friends had one that was in like the um the center console next to the driver's seat. And I was like, and it was like really weird because you would always hear it clicking when it was like changing. It was it was a whole thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I missed the the <laughs> pointlessly large binder of burnt CDs. I, yeah. I i still Damn. have my i saw my wife's like
0: um dVd case that she like big binder of DVDs she had from college um because our all of our stuff is down here it's like probably like one of those like 300 DVd carriers anyway Hayato tells char to stop checking out his uh mobile suit since he's not gonna be a pilot this time around he's he basically says check yourself before you wreck yourself bro you're not you're not piloting the Hyakushiki today you're you're uh distinguished visitor um and then we see Amaro checking in on Camille because as as we remember from the room room, yeah locker room chat he's uh you know Camille just had four die in his arms and that was like a really traumatic scene um but you know Camille seems to be more or less like okay uh as opposed to Amro, who's like yeah me and Char like we're like fucked up over this chick for like seven years until this series started. Literally um,
2: until right now.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't believe him. <laughs> I don't know why.
2: Why don't I believe him?
0: You don't believe him because Char impregnated a chicken.
1: <laughs> uh, Let's not go there. Well, and then you have Camille with some low key shade on bill Torchico, which is, it's kind of excellent. Um
2: I, don't, I I feel like it's deserved. Everything against Bel makes me happy. Okay, yeah. One fact, uh Char's Counterattack before it got made into a movie was a novel called Char's Counterattack Bell Children.
1: It's considered a alternate timeline. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as
2: as this happens with Tamino.
0: Speaking of random things, uh, uh I think um well, well, we'll talk about this later. Let's not talk about it right now. Yeah,
1: uh, but anyway, yeah. like Amuro and Camille had this conversation here. I think they're trying to be very deep and dramatic, and something doesn't really
0: land. Yeah, yeah, like Amuro's like, if humans didn't have war, they would ex- be extinct by now. And Amuro's like, well, is an old type, and she quickly forgets the lessons of the past and moves on to new things. Uh, it's really deep, but it's like, dude, you're putting your dick in her. You can't complain that much.
1: It, it's like 10th grade deep. <laughs> the the conversation,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is Tomino we're talking about. Um, elevate them, like whenever whenever something Tomino does something that involves women, it's uh, it's about as profound as like a middle school racist in the South, like. <laughs> um,
2: Certainly, a way to put that.
0: <laughs> Uh, all right so Amaro tells Char that it is his turn to take center stage finally um but they're still doing the same old thing it's the same old song and dance and basically saying history keeps coming and going and we're fucked either way maybe we can make it a little
1: bit better yeah and then Char is like yeah but I feel like I'm playing the part of a clown and i mean look whoever picked out this inspector gadget outfit for him Ooh.
0: I feel like it was beltorchika She's like, wear this. It'll get you where you need to be.
1: Doctor Does Dr. Claw work for the Titans? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so uh, we flash down to Earth, and um, we learn that Luo and company have been clearing out Titan sympathizers um, from the Dakar area. They don't say this immediately, but we learn and can assume pretty easily that they are in the Dakar area clearing out um, pro-Titans, sympathizers, Uh, and we meet Karen Russell, who looks a lot like Bill Torchica, trying to get into the city, uh, and we see a very, again, this is a very Tomino-esque, profound social interaction between a male and a female, where a male soldier just smacks Bill Torchica's titty,
2: Yeah, immediately. Like he immediately molests her. Like,
1: yeah. Well, you know, the first thing he does is like when she hands over her ID, he puts it back in her shirt pocket for her, (laughs) like her, like you know, her boob pocket basically. And he's basically like, "Yeah, I can't let you through unless we bone."
0: Yeah, there's there's no innuendo here because they're explicitly asking for shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not and like there's a second guard just creeping over the passenger seat of this little jeep buggy, like hey. I
0: I was almost surprised there wasn't like you know, like the early nineties, late eighties porn music playing at this point. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So now um, you have this random Titans officer show up and he's like he punches these guard dudes and he's like, No, I'm gonna do her. No, that's not what he's there for. Um but yeah, He's like, I want to ride. No, no, no. He literally wants a ride to the to car base. And she's like, okay, yeah, sure. Hop in. And the note I had here is that the animation in this part is not very good at all. It's not no. like but it ain't good.
0: Uh, and his name is Lieutenant Addis. He is here and there. Um, so Hayato and everybody arrive. Um,
1: oh, sorry. And, I have well, a note about Addis. I'm sorry. Keep going here. Um, So when when Beltorchka drops this guy off, yeah, that's when we learn his name. For some reason, I get the feeling we don't need to know his name for very long. He just has that vibe. Um, But as they're on the way there, he does have an interesting thing that he shares. Like This is like a regular dude that just is in the Titans, happens to be there. And he is talking about Jamitov's ideals along the way and how he really looks up to him. Uh, because, uh, you know, he says something about how Jamita thinks they need to have a just and righteous military, and it it's uh, just kind of goes to show that a lot of the it's one of those things that Gundam does really well in these kind of small moments, and sometimes only well in these small moments, but it just shows you, this guy's with the bad guys, but this is just a dude. Yeah. Just a dude, just a regular guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and he, you know, uh, we kind of talked about this in the last episode where um, Jamitoff has some of these ideals which are like high level and like they make sense but also at the same time like when you get to the nitty gritty he's like a terrible human being but like his high level ideals like they make sense right like they sound just, good they, they sound yeah. good I mean but, but I mean if you put it in perspective like so do the Ayug ideas um, it's all like how you get to the implementation that that you have the problems, right?
1: Give me um, federation, it's for hunting Xeon remnants. And he's like, just <sighs> kidding, I'm gonna gas a colony.
0: <laughs> right. Um yep. Yeah, so Hayato and everybody arrive to Dakar and um everybody they launch deliver Shar um to Dakar. Um the Dakar forces launch it in these little UFO looking things, which they actually turn out to be um Asimars. asimars. Yeah. But they look like UFOs when they're launching. Like, I don't think we've ever seen them looking like this in the show. Have we? Yeah, we have.
1: Yeah, it transforms. We mm-hmm.
0: Well, I knew they transformed, but they like they just look weird in this. I don't know if it's the animation or something like that, but like they launch, and I'm like, mm-hmm. these are fucking little UFOs. No,
1: no that is just what Ashimars Mars look like. <laughs> I love them.
2: I thought of it more of it as a space pumpkin.
1: <laughs> That's
0: fair, too.
2: Some
1: kind of space gourd. I like it.
0: Yeah. Um, so Jared says that Dakar is lacking in military strength, um, and this is going to be like problematic for them, which you would think is like strange for a political capital. Like you would think that most of these capitals are just like surrounded by military power. If, like you think of DC, there's tons of bases and military all around. Um,
1: well, but we have to have a battle every episode.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you could have a battle just with like overwhelming against the AUG, but I guess that wouldn't make this episode work as well. So Beltorchica picks up Char, and they drive off, Um, and then Char runs into the assembly and gives a speech at gunpoint, and I I, I did kind of skip over a little bit of the Addison Beltorchica chat, where they kind of, where like, like, Addison, Scotty had talked about it a little bit, where Addis is talking to Baltorchika, and she's like, "Well, just check my broadcast out if you have, if you want to like see the truth." Um, but yeah, so um, uh, Baltorchika and Shar take over the um, the room and at gunpoint, and they start giving a speech while people are like, "Oh no, stop! Don't do that!" Um, but they're able to do it, so they start. Uh, so Shar announces that he is Lieutenant Quattro Begina. And then he's like, "And I am also Char Aznable." And then he drops one that I think not everybody necessarily knew, including um, Camille. I don't know if Amuro knew at this point or not, but he also dro- drops that he is Zeon Zoom Daikun's son. Um, yes, yeah. I
2: so feel like I did. think I think Amuro knew, but not not many other people. Maybe bright.
0: No, I I guess. Well, did did Amuro know that Salo was Daikun's daughter?
1: I'm getting the the continuity streams crossed, so I don't know. The yeah, is. I can't
0: <laughs> think. Well, I can't think of any scenario where where they actually knew that I'm aware of, but I'm not discounting
1: the fact that they might have known. I know he knows in the novels. Yeah, and he keeps boning sailor anyway. Yeah, but anyway. I- so the, the way he kind of presents it, so like what's happening here at the start of his speech is that the Federation Assembly is trying to recess. Like, okay, we're done here. And especially because they've detected that there are these unidentified things flying around the city. They're like, yeah, let's wrap this up. Let's get out of here. And the, the way he, really what he's doing here is trying to get their attention. And that, I think that's why he dropped this bomb. He's, he's hidden this so carefully from most of the other characters in the series that I feel, I almost think that maybe he would not have even brought it up if the situation hadn't been what it was. Right. Maybe just saying that he was sure was going to, he thought would be enough, but then he sees that these Federation guys are still not paying attention. They're still trying to leave. So he goes, well, now, all right, I need to, I need to drop this in. Um, but then the other reason that he brings it up, at least as if you go to the text of the speech, so once he says he was known as Shar Aznable he then says, uh, I have come to you today as someone who carries with him the true aspirations of Zeon. Do not think of me as Shar, of the principality of Zeon, but rather as the son of Zeon Daikun. And so what he's calling back to there is he's basically saying, don't think I'm like evil Zeon Zobbies. I am Daikun's son. Like, I would fall in line with his ideals, which I think for the Earth population was much more um, palatable
0: yeah it was more along the lines of independence for space noids as opposed to like dominance of space noids of space um yeah and and along those lines he says the titans are worse than the zombies and then we get a little flash to say Moss. we haven't seen her i don't i don't think we've seen her at all in zeta yet have we did we get like a view of her at all Yep. This is the first one. Yep. So we see we see her very briefly. She looks sad. Uh and that she doesn't say anything. Um, it was
2: more like nostalgia by the bay.
0: Yeah. It's like yeah, she's like walking the out with a martini, like hanging out. Listening to her hand
2: radio that people definitely use in the future.
1: <laughs> hey, they had TVs like that.
0: Let's let's just let's just retcon it to like her iPhone. Twenty or something.
1: If this part was in the movie, they, I'm sure they would have replaced it with something like that.
0: Yeah. Um. So more Ashimar's launch. Uh. So basically, like everything, they're just like launching, launching, launching left and right.
1: Yeah. Well, well, the, the when when more of them launch though. So this is something that we skipped over. Part of the way that. So I mean, basically, the rest of the episode is the speech, but or maybe not the rest of the episode, but. The next large chunk of the episode is the speech, but they don't just have you watching Shar on a podium giving a speech. They cut it in with things, and so one of the things that we see earlier is that Addis has a, a like a shoulder injury, and uh, they don't go into it. I don't know if it's a rotator cuff or what's going on with the guy, but um, his commanding officer is like, "No, you can't launch with us." In that first one, so then when you see them going again, you go and, and oh, it must be Addis. They have to get reinforcements, and then. It, Um, Like you kind of realize that um, uh, it is in him because it shows it, and and he's realizing that the A.U. is just kind of he's like, oh, they're just buying time for him to do what he's doing because he's picking up the speech in the cockpit. Yeah, yeah. Listen, this is an important episode. I had to do analysis. No, sorry,
0: I was just making sure my mic was unmuted because like I muted it for a second. And then I unmuted it and I was like, did did I actually click it right? And you know, it's a thing. Um, Yeah. So. um, Char, you know, as this goes on, Char is talking about how he doesn't want people polluting the earth anymore. And he says this a handful of times and and we'll kind of go over it a few times, but like the central theme of his speech is he wants people to get the fuck off of earth. Um, (laughs) And he says the Titan souls are being pulled down Uh, by the Earth
2: and, you know, the age. By by gravity. Yeah. souls are being weighed down by gravity.
1: Well, yeah. And and this is juxtaposed with shots of Jared. Yeah, Jared's a douche. And he's, like, when Jared is launching, he's like, why won't people understand their horizons will expand by moving into space? And then they show you a dude whose horizons have not expanded by spending time in space at all. And he's like, why do people keep polluting the earth? And then Jared's like, let's attack a comps facility. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so we get to see another guy called Mike. Uh, this, Mike is not Lieutenant Addis. Lieutenant Addis is, is Lieutenant Addis. Um, Mike is a shitty pilot. Uh, and he gets shot by Camille. And then Camille saves Mike uh, with Lieutenant Addis. And after he does that, he heads off to, like, fight some other suits that are going to go fight, blow up the comms facility.
2: This was when he was going to crash into the city, right? Yeah. So, like, Camille and the
0: AUG are basically trying to minimize um, civilian casualties as they've tried to do in a lot of these other battles, like in New Hong Kong uh, and on the moon and a few other places. Like, they don't want people to die. Uh, they don't really want to fight near the city, but you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Uh, so yeah, Camille tries to save Mike,
1: Mike bails. And that's why Addis has to go and catch his Ashimar because it's going to just, it's unmanned at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, sorry. And this is actually the point where when Camille leaves, that is when Addis actually turns the speech on in his cockpit. I was uh, wrong earlier saying that he already was, he is not yet. But at this point is when he does, because he's talking to Camille you know, during this because they had, their suits were in contact, so they were able to speak to each other. Uh, and he's like, there's so many more questions I want to ask you. And Camille's like, no, nah, I just listened to the speech. And all that is, is just an excuse for now Addis can turn it on and we can juxtapose him with yeah. parts of it.
0: Yeah. Um, and so Shar says, again, he wants everybody to leave Earth because basically the Earth is... Uh, being over polluted it's breaking down and it's going to lose all of its water uh and Dakar is like an example of that because it's basically being uh turned into a desert and this and that um yeah more so basically he repeats what he said last time except he just kind of expands on it a little bit more so hey everybody get off of earth go into the colonies we don't need to be here anymore um and the Titans keep on trying to destroy the communication center. Um, and at this point, uh, Beltorchika grabs onto a camera, runs outside, and starts filming the battle. Um, and so while Shar uh, is giving his speech, um they start showing the battle or they sh- yeah they start showing the battle on the on video feed to basically show how reckless uh, the titans are and how basically like you know as Shar is saying like these guys don't know what they're doing they're just like you know killing people left and right they're not being responsible um and they're trying to like emphasize that with the film of the battle that's going on over the city um and at this point, Lieutenant Addis is like, "Yo, fuck the Titans." Um,
1: he's having a crisis. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So he, yeah, he's like, "Nope, I'm not with the Titans anymore." Essentially.
1: Um, well, and and they're showing this footage because, as and again, as Char is putting in the speech, he says, "Like, look, they are disregarding all these lives at this assembly." What is this like? Yep. Look at how screwed up they are. Yeah.
0: This is your seat of government and the Titans give no fucks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. So Camille actually um, gets uh, tricked by a Zaku that looks like it's been disabled. uh, And it like basically turned around and like pincers him and holds him down to the ground. Jared shows up and is about to bust a cap into Camille for probably like the what episode is this, 37? Probably for the 37th time. Um, (laughs) And uh, Lieutenant Addis shows up and saves the day. Uh, And we think, at this point, it's like, what happens when somebody helps Camille from Jared? They die. Right? Mm -hmm. Lieutenant Addis doesn't die! Are we
1: sure about this? I don't think he dies. I mean, that blast goes directly through the suit okay. where the cockpit is. That was
2: probably Mike.
0: Jared doesn't kill Lieutenant Addis.
1: <laughs> well, at any rate, <laughs> at any rate, the shot goes through that Ashimar and hits the assembly building. <laughs> Good job, Jared. Yeah. Um, right,
2: yeah.
0: So, like, the vibe I got from it was that Addis didn't actually get capped, but let's just say, let's just say we don't know. Let's just let's just he say. Got, we don't
2: know. A, my note here was Jared couldn't have better timed proving Char right. Yeah, by him murdering one of his allies, maybe, probably, him probably murdering one of his allies, shooting the Capitol building, and then screaming like can't remember exactly what he said. But my note was it pretty much pretty much proves that they're Nazis. So I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was along the lines of uh, proving Char's point.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was a bad look either way. So may, maybe Addis died, probably Addis died um, based on precedent, but um, it's also possible maybe he survived. We didn't actually, you know, like like we say with Thunderbolt and a lot of the times, if you don't see the body, don't believe that they're dead. Um, Addis may show up in Triple Zeta. We don't know.
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, look, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah. Whatever he gets paid leave and goes and lives on a farm. Um, yep. <laughs> so all right. Uh so yeah, then you have these couple more Ashimars show up and they're like, Jerry, bro, no, we're leaving.
0: Yeah, yeah. Also- yeah, they got they basically were like, Ah shit, got broadcast on TV and we can't do this anymore. Let's go. Um right. so then you get to
1: see Kai, who is who's been watching.
0: Yep, you get a brief view of Kai. Um, a brief view of Selah who rubs her knee amidst the chaos and looks sad some more.
1: Yeah, as it as it goes off the air, she grips her knee and looks out pensively at the ocean or a lake or something.
0: Yep. And then as that scene fades out, we get some um, gentle piano music. Uh, Bell Torchica uh, gets props, and then we get, like, an awkward... Again, this is a, a classic Tamino scene where, like, uh is like, hey, good job. I, I'm gonna. Th- here's your award. And she's like, that's not the award that I want. As she like doesn't look at his crotch. Um And he's like, I don't want to do it in front of everybody. Like, what kind of joke is that? Like, I, am I supposed to fuck you in front of everybody inside of the like the Gundam hangar bay?
2: That's, that's, <laughs> all, that's all I get. And he's like, not in front of everybody. Come on. <laughs> now I'm gonna fucking bend you over the. Oh, yeah,
1: you she- child. Inside. Rim you like (laughs) listen maybe maybe they had talked before and that's her thing and he's like oh sure no problem and then now and now it's go time and he's eating amuro pussies out
2: he was like i'll definitely probably do that sure
1: (laughs) the
0: day of dakar has different meanings depending on what film section you view (laughs) day of d (laughs) the day of d there's our episode title (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, yeah. So the weird part right after this is when when Shar and Amro just start like brewing. I can't. I'm not comfortable with it. It doesn't feel right. It just seems like it's out of place that they're bonding in any way.
0: Yeah, it's you. You definitely get a different vibe from the the Shar Amro or yeah the Shar Amro. Interaction because before this, um, uh, and they didn't really play it up in the beginning of the episode since it was pretty much like, Hey, Amuro, you're escorting Shar, they,
2: they, they kind of did. Because when they were climbing in, um, Shar was like, I'm really glad it's you that's taking me, yeah. He was like, He was like appreciating Amro.
0: so all that. so Shar had always in Zeta been a little bit nicer to Amro than Amro was to Shar
2: feels right and maybe it's because i know the things that are to come outside of zeta but like it just never feels right to me
0: yeah i i think i think the reason it feels like a different dynamic is because Amro is actually like nicer towards char even though he's you know you know he's realistic he's and char's like i have given up my freedom in exchange for this speech today i am fucked and um yeah it's definitely weird uh, and then we get to see Beltorchica and Camille again and I, I don't know like I, my, my last note for this episode well not for the episode excuse me um, was Beltorchica is nice to Camille and like mm-hmm. I don't hate her anymore after, like with this episode this episode rehab Beltorchica
1: for me. So this is actually a real low-key important conversation. Thanks Tamino. Anyway, um, so you have a couple of thematic things. And one of them is, again, that they are getting along. And they say, hey, even that took time. And that kind of thing does take time between people who are quite different from one another. Maybe one day everyone can understand each other. Theme, new type shit, understanding without misconception, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then uh, this is, I think, the lowest key thing because it gets into some of the space magic stuff to come in the series that is very poorly explained. But he said, hey, when that happens, again, when everyone understands each other, when that happens, maybe they'll be reunited with those who have passed away. Yep. Yep. And
0: Camille says he wants to be re- reunited with those people.
2: Hmm.
1: It's foreshadowing, but if you are only kind of paying attention, you won't know that it is. And also, it doesn't come up as anything that's actually important in, uh, for, like, several more episodes. So, yeah. anyway. Important <laughs> foreshadowing that is not presented as such. Great. Dead people and new type space magic.
0: That's it. That's the day of the car. That, that was a that was a that was a big episode char has uh stood up as the leader of au and the leader of an anti-titan movement um and he has stated that his goal is to get all of the people off of earth um eventually he will take this to its logical extreme by destroying the earth
1: <laughs> well this is yeah, the the reason that this episode is a big turning point is that, I mean, it's implied only, but I mean, it's pretty safe to come to this conclusion on your own. Um, this is where like public support for the Titans dies, more or less. Uh, we have a very recent example of um, of a parliamentary building being taken over. Generally, that's not the popular move right No, no. Um, People like stability and governments tend to be
0: stable. And when you try to overthrow the government in a, in a non, like electorally supported way, it's a problem because people, people want to get their paychecks. People want to know that their government is not going to like stop protecting them and like,
1: you know, the roads are going
0: to be paved.
1: That's the deal. That's You pay taxes. That's how the system works, right? But regardless, what AU does is generally not the popular move. But Jared fucks up everything. And this is quite possibly his biggest fuck-up to date in the series. And he's made a lot of them. Uh, but by firing on the building it and them having cameras out there to you know they wouldn't even been that close to the building if jared hadn't been trying to take out that comms facility just let him finish
0: and you know, uh, is is jared still a lieutenant i, have, I don't i have no idea like, it, it just it just amazes me because i don't think jared is is that high ranked right like he has given so much like
1: flexibility to do basically whatever the fuck he wants. It's because he's in the Titans and he surrounds himself with federation yep. regular forces so that yeah. he can do whatever he wants.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, I don't think I recall them ever talking about him getting promoted, but if you recall like earlier in the series, I, maybe we just said this or, or maybe they said it in the show, pretty much even the lowest rate Titan is considered more powerful than most soldiers in just the regular federation.
0: Yeah. Yep. For sure. Jared. Jared fucks up everything.
2: Yeah. It's the worst.
0: Um, That's all I have for this episode. You guys got anything else?
1: I think the last thing I'll add is that this is the third movie not having this material to me almost makes it more like non-canonical than the ending of that movie does like you can't have. I think it's very, you can, but I think it's very difficult to have Shars counterattack without this episode.
0: Oh yeah. This is definitely like the evolution of his ideology for sure.
1: Yeah. Or maybe not even so much evolution just as it's, he's putting it out there. You finally, you've got it. The veil is lifted on his variation of Daikun's Kantolism. Like here it is. Is this the
2: first time that he said that he want, he, he legitimately wants everyone off of the Earth? Because originally it was all about space on independence, not necessarily get everyone into space.
0: I think this is the first time that we've heard anything from him that is that was not basically getting revenge on the zombies.
1: Well, he's been basically radicalized into this thought, train of thought by Blex. Because remember their first trip to Dakar? goes very poorly for Blex but that's what Blex is talking about and he's essentially convinced Char that this is the correct course
0: get everybody off the earth and then when
2: <laughs> everyone off earth question mark question and, mark, and question I think mark.
0: for the most part people are off of the earth. I mean, we talked about it a few times, like the majority of the, the, the human population is in uh, colonies, but we never got like good numbers for the earth population. we obviously don't know what the pollution looks like, but I mean, you have to imagine um, that the earth is pretty fucked up after the colonies being dropped on it as well.
1: One of the best things that turn A does is proves Shar both correct and incorrect. That's all I'll say about that.
0: All right. You guys got anything else? Nothing good. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in two weeks. Until then, uh, follow us on Twitter at pod. and all of our bios are in the profile there. And uh, feel free to comment on our Reddit post and all that fun
2: stuff. We will see you in two weeks.